This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. Transportation is such a critical piece of the conversation that we have about accessibility and inclusion. How often do you hear about a lack of quality public transit or paratransit, let alone the lack of accessible taxis on the road? In some jurisdictions, ride-hailing services like Uber have stepped in for some people with disabilities. In the greater Toronto area, they offer Uber WAV, or Uber WAV, the WAV stands for Wheelchair Accessible Vehicles. Aaron Broverman took a closer look at the service and dug up some interesting information. Aaron is the lead editor at Forbes Advisor Canada. Hey, good morning, Aaron. Great to chat with you once again. Good morning, Dave. I always call it Uber Wave. That was always the way that I termed it. See, I think that sounds better. There you go. <laughs> so, okay, let's go with that. We've made an executive decision here. Uber wave. Boom. Done. Okay, settled. So I gave a really brief description of what it is, but dive a bit deeper into the service and its purpose. Basically, it is a wheelchair accessible Uber service, and uh, it's used in the U.S. And in Canada, it's available in the GTA. So if you have a, a wheelchair, um, you can drive on like you would uh, paratransit, and uh, your driver will take you to your destination. Have you ever used the service? I have. When I when I lived in Toronto, I used to use the service all of the time. Uh, I thought it was more widespread across Canada, but uh, I kind of found out the hard way that it's only available in the GTA because when I traveled to Vaughan, I could get there with a wave, but I couldn't get back mm. uh, to Toronto uh, because there was no wave service in Vaughan. So uh, that uh, caused an issue, and I had to call an accessible cab. So you have to be careful about the jurisdiction that it's available in. And this is what led you to ask some questions. You're a journalist, and you wanted to dig a bit deeper into the service. So what were you looking for specifically when you reached out to Uber? Well, I've had conversations with uh, accessibility consultant Marco Pasqua and friend of the show, Kim Allstart, and we've always wondered if you were a person with a disability who had your own accessible vehicle that you drove, could you drive as an Uber Wave driver? So this was always a question, uh, but we could never really get an answer. So using my status as a journalist, I uh, went to go find out. And yes, the answer is yes, you can uh, be an Uber driver if you have an accessible vehicle, uh, as long as you pass uh, their training and uh, their required background checks and that sort of thing. But they don't keep track of who on their service is a driver with a disability, so it's hard to know, uh, you know whether or not there are people with disabilities who actually drive for Uberwave. They did say that in jurisdictions where Uberwave is not available, uh, you might still get a driver with a disability who uses an accessible vehicle uh, as their own vehicle if you go for like another Uber service such as Uber X or Uber Comfort just by chance. So that could also happen in other jurisdictions where Uber Wave is not available. You might luck out and get an accessible vehicle by virtue of who the driver is. 
I had a really interesting experience in Montreal with a driver who happened to be deaf. Um, and it, it, right when you got, right when you got the notification that you were going to be picked up, it said the driver, the car you're getting into the, the driver is de- deaf. Just be mindful of that. If you're trying to make small talk or talking to them. So I did some really quick searching of American sign language just to say, hello, how are you? Thank you. The sort of basics. And Aaron, what I totally forgot is that in French, there's a totally different sign language. So here I am American sign language into the guy and he's looking at me like I'm totally out of my mind. It was, uh, it was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. Aaron, wow. you, <laughs> You also you also uh, were asking them a little bit about the expansion of the service and perhaps why it was not more widely available. What was their response in regard to that? Basically, it has to do with supply. There aren't enough accessible vehicles uh, on the road in these cities that aren't taken up by paratransit or other cab companies uh, that can be used for uber wave so there's not enough accessible vehicles on the road uh demand is obviously very high but there just aren't enough uh vehicles uh to to provide which which is which is concerning i hope that changes do they offer any kind of incentives for someone with a wheelchair accessible vehicle to potentially join the fleet so initially i had thought that they pay uh uber drivers in order to uh, drive an Uber wave, like that they would fund the car because some drivers had told me that before. But they don't do that. The Uber driver has to pay for their own accessible vehicle uh, through the lease agreement that they signed. But there are incentives, like if you drive you know, so many hours in an Uber wave vehicle uh, and that sort of thing, uh, and they will you know, give you like bonuses and that sort of thing. Also, in jurisdictions where Uber wave is not available, places like Ottawa and Vancouver, Uber pays a fee to uh, the city and the different municipalities that is supposed to go towards improving accessible transportation Mm. in that city generally. Aaron, you did some really solid work here looking into facts, but if you'll indulge me, I'd love to get your speculation. Do you suspect the wave service may become more widely available across the country? I absolutely want it to, but this issue with supply is is very concerning. Uh, I think there's a lot of competition between like the taxi services and the paratransit and and Uber and all and these uh, ride sharing services, and they've all sort of carved out their own territory and don't really want to share. There are drivers that you know drive for taxis and also drive for Uber and and vice versa. So I hope that it becomes a little bit more harmonious and it's not just like these accessible cards are ours, you know, find your own accessible Mm, cars mm. sort of thing. I think there should also be some marketing towards um, people with disabilities that have their own accessible uh, vehicles so that you can encourage them to drive, uh, drive for Uber more often. Yeah, get into the side hustle, make a little cash for sure. Uh, Aaron, I'm someone who has benefited greatly from ride hailing services. It's been a total game changer for me, not having to take public transit absolutely everywhere or wait for unspecified periods of time for taxis. But we also know there have been some serious issues with ride hailing services over the years, especially when it comes to things like service animals. It's a mixed bag for sure. But where do you see the ride hailing industry going uh, going and evolving over the next few years. Have, have we peaked or could it become even more prevalent in our lives? I think it's even more prevalent. Like if you just see cab companies using apps and basically copying the way services like Uber and Lyft uh, do their thing, it's showing that, you know, these ride hailing services are really taking a bite out of 
their market share that they used to that they used to dominate. And the fact that in jurisdictions like Vancouver, uh, you know, Uberwave didn't exist for a long time because the taxi lobby fought so hard to keep them away. It just goes to show like how popular uh, these services are, and, I, and I'm sure how much they they're going to expand in the future. Hey, Aaron, we're always grateful for your perspective. I know you're a very busy man. I imagine it's a busy time to be working for a financial magazine. So we're always grateful that you can take a little bit of time for us uh, every couple of weeks. Yeah, thanks. And sorry about the fire alarm in the background there for a second. That was crazy. Well, hopefully there's no fire. Hopefully not. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts. <laughs>